Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Even though this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally and historically accurate as possible. Every day a new section of the Doctrine and Covenants will be released. I hope that you'll visit this often and be able to share this uh, with your friends. Thank you. Hi, and welcome to the Doctrine and Covenants podcast. This is Brad Constantine, and this lesson is going to be the introduction to the Doctrine and Covenants. Now, I'm going to be reading a few things from some of the brethren and also some explanatory information about the Doctrine and Covenants in this episode. Uh, This will give us kind of a framework in which we're going to start for the entire uh, section uh, or series of the Doctrine and Covenants sections. So let's get started here. The revelations in the Doctrine and Covenants address the needs of our day. The Lord authored the preface to the Doctrine and Covenants. This course, or this podcast, will discuss major events of the dispensation of the fullness of times. We can each help to move forward this great Latter-day work. The Doctrine and Covenants contains divine revelations and inspired declarations given for the establishment and regulation of the kingdom of God on the earth in the last days. By prayerfully studying the Doctrine and Covenants, we can strengthen our testimonies of Jesus Christ and receive personal revelation. This book has changed and evolved over time into what we have now. The original edition was destroyed by a mob before it could be completed. It has gone through several editions in both the United States and in Great Britain. When the committee was formed to make a new edition to the Book of Mormon, all of the standard works became part of that project, and that is how we got a new edition in 1981. Over time, there have been different additions to the Doctrine and Covenants. In November of 1831, the Prophet Joseph Smith met with elders in Hiram, Ohio. The group decided to compile and publish some of the revelations that the Prophet had received. They selected 65 revelations and titled the compilation, The Book of Commandments. By the summer of 1833, most of the compilations had been printed, but a mob destroyed nearly all of the copies. As a result, very few copies exist today. Another edition was approved and published in 1835. This edition contained the lectures on faith and 103 revelations. This edition, therefore, was the first with the title Doctrine, meaning the lectures, and Covenants, the revelations. A few more additions, each adding new revelations or making slight improvements to the organization, were printed periodically until 1981, when the church published a new edition of the Triple Combination in English with expanded footnotes and cross-references and a new index. At that time, the Prophet Joseph Smith's 1836 vision of the Celestial Kingdom and President Joseph F. Smith's 1918 vision of the Redemption of the Dead, both canonized by the church in 1976, and originally added to the Pearl of Great Price, were added to the Doctrine and Covenants as sections 137 and 138. The 1981 edition has 138 sections and two official declarations. The Manifesto, issued in 1890 by President Wilford Woodruff, and the Declaration on Priesthood, issued in 1978 by President Spencer W. Kimball. On March 1, 2013, the First Presidency announced a new edition of the English Scriptures. Most of the adjustments that were made in this edition are in the study helps or the headings of the Doctrine and Covenants or entail minor spelling corrections to the text. For more detailed information about the different editions, you can see the Revelations correspondence chart in uh, corresponding section numbers in addition to the Doctrine and Covenants in the Joseph Smith Papers. 
In my judgment, this is a quote from Joseph Fielding Smith, in my judgment, there is no book on earth yet come to man as important as the book known as the Doctrine and Covenants. With all due respect to the Book of Mormon and the Bible and the Pearl of Great Price, which we say are our standard in doctrine, the Book of Doctrine and Covenants to us stands in a peculiar position above them all. I am going to tell you why. When I say that, do not for a moment think I do not value the Book of Mormon, the Bible, and the Pearl of Great Price just as much as any man that lives. I think I do. I do not know of anybody who has read them more, and I appreciate them. They are wonderful. They contain doctrine and revelation and commandments that we should heed. But the Bible is a history containing the doctrine and commandments given to the people anciently. That applies also to the Book of Mormon. It is the doctrine and the history and the commandments of the people who dwelt upon this continent anciently. But this doctrine and covenants contains the word of God to those who dwell here now. It is our book. It belongs to the Latter-day Saints. More precious than gold, the prophet says, we should treasure it more than the riches of the whole earth. I wonder if we do, if we value it. I understand and know what it contains. We will value it more than wealth. It is worth more to us than the riches of the earth. President Ezra Taft Benson said, The Doctrine and Covenants brings men to Christ's kingdom, even the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the only true and living church upon the face of the whole earth. The Book of Mormon is the keystone of our religion, and the Doctrine and Covenants is the capstone with continuing Latter-day revelation. The Lord has placed his stamp of approval upon the key, on both the keystone and the capstone. Elder John A. Widso said, who was a member of the Quorum of the Twelve, the first thing to be remembered is that the revelations contained in the Book of Doctrine and Covenants are answers to questions. If that is kept in mind, it will help to a better understanding. In the history of the church, you will find that the prophet says, I inquired of the Lord. The revelation follows. In each, the answer to a question is a dominating part of the revelation. That explains the somewhat disjointed nature of the Book of Doctrine and Covenants. Since each revelation is an answer to a special question, there could not be a consecutive developing treatment of any one theme. If the question is known, then this supplementary material of the revelation is better understood. The mind that gave the revelations possessed the whole plan, but it was given piecemeal to the church as required. The Explanatory Introduction this introduction is significantly different from previous editions of the Doctrine and Covenants. This version was written for the 1981 edition. The Doctrine and Covenants is a collection of divine revelations and inspired declarations given for the establishment and regulation of the kingdom of God on the earth in the last days. Although most of the sections are directed to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the messages, warnings, and exhortations are for the benefit of all mankind and contain an invitation to all people everywhere to hear the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ, speaking to them for their temporal well-being and their everlasting salvation. Most of the revelations in this compilation were received through Joseph Smith, Jr., the first prophet and president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Others were issued through some of their successors, through some of his successors in the presidency, such as sections 135, 136, and 138, and official declarations 1 and 2. The Book of Doctrine and Covenants is one of the standard works of the Church in company with the Holy Bible, the Book of Mormon, and the Pearl of Great Price. However, the Doctrine and Covenants is unique because it is not a translation of an ancient document, but is of modern origin and was given of God through his chosen prophets for the restoration of his holy work and the establishment of the kingdom of God on the earth in these days. In the Revelations, one, one hears the tender but firm voice of the Lord Jesus Christ, speaking anew in the dispensation of the fullness of times. 
And the work that is initiated herein is preparatory to his second coming, in fulfillment of and in concert with the words of all the holy prophets since the world began. Joseph Smith, Jr. was born in December 23, 1805, in Sharon, Windsor County, Vermont. During his early life, he moved with his family to present-day Manchester in western New York. It was while he was living there in the spring of 1820, when he was 14 years of age, that he experienced his first vision, in which he was visited in person by God the Eternal Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. He was told in this vision that the true church of Jesus Christ that had been established in New Testament times and which had administered the fullness of the gospel was no longer on the earth. Other divine manifestations followed in which he was taught by many angels. It was shown to him that God had a special work for him to do on the earth and that through him the church of Jesus Christ would be restored to the earth. In the course of time, Joseph Smith was enabled by divine assistance to translate and publish the Book of Mormon. In the meantime, he and Oliver Cowdery were ordained to the Aaronic Priesthood by John the Baptist in May 1829, and soon thereafter they were also ordained to the Melchizedek Priesthood by the ancient apostles Peter, James, and John. Other ordinations followed, in which priesthood keys were conferred by Moses, Elijah, Elias, and many ancient prophets. These ordinations were, in fact, a restoration of divine authority to man on the earth. On April 6, 1830, under heavenly direction, the prophet Joseph Smith organized the church, and thus the true church of Jesus Christ is once again operative as an institution among men, with authority to teach the gospel and administer the ordinances of salvation. These sacred revelations were received in answer to prayer in times of need and came out of real-life situations involving real people. The prophet and his associates sought for divine guidance, and these revelations certify that they received it. In the revelations, one sees the restoration and unfolding of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the ushering in of the dispensation of the fullness of times. The westward movement of the church from New York and Pennsylvania to Ohio to Missouri to Illinois and finally to the great basin of Western America and the mighty struggles of the saints in attempting to build Zion on the earth in modern times are also shown forth in these revelations. Several of the earlier sections involve matters regarding the translation and publication of the Book of Mormon. Some later sections reflect the work of the Prophet Joseph Smith in making an inspired translation of the Bible, during which many of the great doctrinal sections were received. In the Revelations, the doctrines of the Gospel are set forth with explanations about such fundamental matters as the nature of the Godhead, the origin of man, the reality of Satan, the purpose of mortality, the necessity for obedience, the need for repentance, the workings of the Holy Spirit, the ordinances and performances that pertain to salvation, the destiny of the earth, the future conditions of man after the resurrection and the judgment, the eternity of the marriage relationship, and the eternal nature of the family. Likewise, the gradual unfolding of the administrative structure of the church is shown with the calling of bishops, the first presidency, the council of the twelve, and the seventy, and the establishment of other presiding offices and quorums. Finally, the testimony that is given of Jesus Christ, his divinity, his majesty, his perfection, his love, and his redeeming power makes this book of great value to the human family and worth to the church the riches of the whole earth. The revelations were originally recorded by Joseph Smith's scribes, and church members enthusiastically shared handwritten copies with each other. To create a more permanent record, scribes soon copied these revelations into manuscript record books, which church leaders used in preparing the revelations to be printed. 
Joseph and the early saints viewed the revelations as they did the church, living dynamic and subject to refinement with additional revelation. They also recognized that unintentional errors had likely occurred through the process of copying the revelations and preparing them for publication. Thus, a church conference asked Joseph Smith in 1831 to correct those errors or mistakes which he may discover by the Holy Spirit. After the revelations had been reviewed and corrected, church members in Missouri began printing a book titled A Book of Commandments for the Government of the Church of Christ, which contained many of the prophet's early revelations. This first attempt to publish the revelations ended, however, when a mob destroyed the saints' printing office in Jackson County on on July 20, 1833. Upon hearing of the destruction of the Missouri Printing Office, Joseph Smith and other church leaders began preparations to publish the revelations in Kirtland, Ohio, to again correct errors, clarify wording, and recognize developments in church doctrine and organization. Joseph Smith oversaw the editing of the text of some revelations to prepare them for publication in 1835 as the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of the Latter-day Saints. Joseph Smith authorized another edition of the Doctrine and Covenants, which was published only months after the prophet's martyrdom in 1844. The early Latter-day Saints prized the revelations and viewed them as messages from God. On one occasion in late 1831, several elders of the church gave solemn testimony that the Lord had borne record to their souls of the truth of the revelations. This testimony was published in the 1835 edition of the Doctrine and Covenants as the written testimony of the Twelve Apostles. The Testimony of the Twelve Apostles to the Truth of the Book of Doctrine and Covenants We therefore feel willing to bear testimony to all the world of mankind, to every creature upon the face of the earth, that the Lord has borne record to our souls through the Holy Ghost shed forth upon us, that these commandments were given by inspiration of God and are profitable for all men and are verily true. We give this testimony unto the world, the Lord being our helper, and it is through the grace of God the Father, and his Son, Jesus Christ, that we are permitted to have this privilege of bearing this testimony unto the world, in the which we rejoice exceedingly, praying the Lord always that the children of men may be profited thereby. The names of the twelve apostles that are attached to this testimony were Thomas B. Marsh, David W. Patton, Brigham Young, Heber C. Kimball, Orson Hyde, William E. McClellan, Parley P. Pratt, Luke S. Johnson, William Smith, Orson Pratt, John F. Boynton, and Lyman E. Johnson. In successive editions of the Doctrine and Covenants, additional revelations or other matters of record have been added, as received, and as accepted by competent assemblies or conferences of the Church. Beginning with the 1835 edition, a series of seven theological lessons was also included. These were titled The Lectures on Faith. These had been prepared for use in the School of the Prophets in Kirtland, Ohio, in 1834-35. to Although profitable for doctrine and instruction, these lectures have been omitted from the Doctrine and Covenants since the 1921 edition because they were not given or presented as revelations to the whole church. In the current edition of the Doctrine and Covenants, three documents have been included for the first time. These are sections 137 and 138, setting forth the fundamentals of salvation for the dead, and official declaration 2, announcing that all worthy male members of the church may be ordained to the priesthood without regard for race or color. It is evident that some errors have been perpetuated in past editions, particularly in the historical portions of the section headings. Consequently, this edition, meaning the current edition, contains corrections of dates and place names, and also a few other minor corrections when it seemed appropriate, such as discontinuing the unusual names beginning with section 78. These changes have been made so as to bring the material into conformity with the historical documents. 
Other special features of this latest edition include maps showing the major geographical locations in which the revelations were received, plus improvements in cross-references, section headings, and subject matter summaries, all of which are designed to help readers to understand and rejoice in the message of the Lord as given in the Doctrine and Covenants. And that's the end of the explanatory uh, introduction to the Doctrine and Covenants. Um, as we go through this, you'll also notice that the sections, as we as we proceed, are not necessarily in chronological order, uh, but they are uh, done in in the order that the Lord had has it uh, presented. For example, sections twenty and uh, section eighty four originally were were included up toward the front of the Doctrine and Covenants. They were sort of like a priesthood manual or or general handbook of instructions because they had to do with priesthood. Also, section 107 was included up in the front of the Doctrine and Covenants, but uh, later additions that put it back in its proper order. Section 1, which is also not in chronological order, uh, the Lord designated as the preface of the Book of Doctrine and Covenants, therefore it is section 1. Otherwise, it would have been around somewhere between sections 66 and 67. Uh, but I bear testimony to the truth of the Doctrine and Covenants, that it is the, the will of God, it is the Word of God, and as President Benson said, it is the capstone of our religion, with the uh, Book of Mormon being the keystone. I bear testimony to the truth of the Doctrine and Covenants, and as we get into this this uh, year, we'll, we'll enjoy uh, these sections as we, as we work together. I bear testimony to these things. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. See you in our next podcast. Bye.